listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. This is your host, Tim Link, and I appreciate it so much that you're here with us today. Thanks for joining us. My guest today is author Charmaine Hammond. Charmaine's going to be here talking to us about a couple of books she has, actually. The first being On Toby's Terms, and uh, the second being Toby and His Hospital Friends. So one is a little story about Toby, the dog, so we want to hear about all the mischief he gets into and what he's all about. And then uh, one's a uh, children's book, so I'm going to talk to her a little bit about the writing styles for both of those type of books. So it's going to be a great time, uh, great insight. So everybody stay tuned. We'll be right back after these commercial breaks. You're listening to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Petco. Where the pets go. Petco. Where the pets go. Pet Life Radio has tail-wagging, fur-flying, fabulous deals for our listeners from Petco. Get $6 off your order of $60 or more and up to 40% off the entire Petco site. That's right. But that's not all. Because you're a Pet Life Radio listener, you'll also get free shipping on your order of $49 or more. $6 off, up to 40% off, and free shipping from Pet Life Radio and Petco. To get these awesome deals, go to PetcoDeals.com. That's PetcoDeals.com. Petco, where the pets go. X-Power is a global brand that offers a complete line of stand dryers, cage dryers, and multiple blasters that cater to both home and professional groomers. Designed to be quiet, lightweight, and powerful, X-Power pet dryers will save you time, energy, and money. The X-Power B2 Pro at Home Dryer is the perfect gift for family and friends. Please check out our specials at ViperPet.com and Amazon.com. For more information, visit xpower.ws or call 855-855-8868. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back. Welcome back to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. This is your host, Tim Link, and joining me now is author Charmaine Hammond. Charmaine, welcome to the show. Thank you. Great to be with you today. Oh, it's my pleasure. And congratulations on all the success on Toby's terms and all your other wonderful writing. Thank you. It's amazing how our pets give us so much content to write books about. Yeah, if we just slow down and open ourselves up, I think they can uh, write it all for us. That's for sure. (laughs) I agree. Now, tell us a little bit about uh, the book On Toby's Terms. On Toby's Terms was a book my dog Toby inspired me to write, and it really chronicles his life. We adopted Toby when he was five from a rescue organization, and he came to us almost perfect. And then after about six months, we came home, and our house had been completely destroyed, including three toilets. Our dog Toby had broken three toilets in one full swoop and uh, this kind of challenging behavior continued with Toby for a little while and we brought in a behaviorist, Maggie, who helped us deal with Toby's behavior but also opened us up to the idea that Toby needed a job and that's when I started to keep track of what was going on with Toby and then the book was eventually born after his job at the hospital started. Yeah, so I want to delve into a little bit more of that in a second. But when you said uh, Toby seemed perfect for the first six months, was he just making sure he had his perfect forever home before he got into his real uh, personality? 
that's what I like to say. I like to say Toby figured out he passed his probation at six months, and then he could really let loose and be himself. And and I think once he knew he was home to stay, that's when all of his quirky, unusual issues started to develop. One of them was separation anxiety, which we learned about from the house destruction issue. Exactly. Now, for our listeners, what type of dog is uh, Toby? Toby was a Chesapeake Bay Retriever, so actually looked a lot like a chocolate lab, although his hair was a little bit coarser and curlier, but a nice, rich, auburn, dark brown uh, dog about the size of a lab. Yeah, my sister has a, a Chesapeake Bay and uh, a little bit lighter than Toby, but definitely, let's say when he sets around the house, he sets around the house because he's a big boy. <laughs> Yes, Toby used to think he was a lap dog. I mean, he was about 85 pounds, although when he went into foster care, we knew from the foster family that Toby was actually about 40 pounds overweight, so we didn't see him at his uh, very large weight, his unhealthy weight. The foster family took off about 20 pounds before he was adoptable, so we, when we got him, he was a pretty good healthy weight. Yeah. You no, know, these are big dogs, and you would mentioned uh, finding jobs to do. What was that process like? Because I'm, I'm a huge believer that there are certain jobs that your dog will assign, such as protector, barker, letting you know when the squirrel's outside. And then there are certain <laughs> jobs that we need to assign them. How did that process come about? Are you finding where his niche really was? Well, we certainly saw what you just mentioned. He definitely had that need to let us know whatever was going on outside, a leaf blowing across the street, the wind blowing, you know, a car driving by. So he always was very aware of his surroundings and let us know what was going on. But he had such an intuitive sense. Like he really, if someone was visiting us, let's say, and they had a headache, he just seemed to totally tune into that and know that that person needed his love and attention. And when Maggie, the behaviorist, came over, to assess his behavior and work with us to get it under control. That was exactly what she noticed was that he was so attentive to people and so aware of what was going on with him energetically and emotionally that she felt he'd be perfect to be a therapy dog. I must say, though, I, um, I had these visions of, <laughs> of Toby whipping around the halls of a hospital, knocking people over, or pulling wheelchairs down the hallway, and Maggie assured me that um, he had the perfect temperament to do it, and she was 100% right. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, because I can imagine your first thoughts. You know, uh, I know when I think of a, a therapy dog, it's typically a very calm, mild-mannered dog, maybe one that's a lap dog that people can caress or a, a good reading <laughs> exactly. dog, these type of things. But, uh, yeah, a big boy like him uh, coming down the halls would be uh, definitely uh, something that would be interesting. Well, and his bark, Toby had such a booming bark. I mean, you could hear it from one state to the next, really. But um, one of the things that the um, hospital that Toby was placed in said is that they were just going to find a unit for Toby to work on where his bark wouldn't be a deterrent or a problem. It would actually be a help. And that was what they did. They placed him on a unit where there were a lot of patients in the mental health hospital that um, were isolating themselves and they were sticking to themselves. And Toby's bark was sort of like the alarm where people came out of their room and started to congregate together and socialize together. Wow. And from his um, sensitive side, his spiritual side, we'll call it, when he was in those scenarios, did Toby naturally bark to get people's attention, say, come on out and see what's going on, get yourself moving? Or was it uh, things that instigated him that uh, would cause him to bark? 
Well, he sort of developed this routine all on his own. I did not teach him this, but every time we'd arrive at the hospital, of course, he had this really smart little red vest on and a matching red bandana and the vest said therapy dog. And so when I would open the door to the unit, he always let out two massive large barks as if he was saying, I'm here. (laughs) And it sort of became Toby's trademark in the hospital that as soon as they heard the bark, the patients one by one came out to greet Toby and then he would just step into his purpose and the best way that I can explain this is that he seemed to know what every person in that room, every patient needed. So the ones that were maybe a little hesitant around a big dog, he gave them a really respectful distance and then there was people who really he could tell they wanted to play or cuddle and he just gave them 100% cuddling or playtime. That's amazing. And and I love what you just said there, his purpose, because I I firmly believe that we're all, uh, both furry and not so furry, brought here for a purpose, for a specific purpose in life. Wouldn't you agree? I totally agree. And what's so interesting is that being a pet mom, I didn't know that animals needed purpose. I certainly knew that there were so many dogs in the world that were giving back and who were service dogs and therapy dogs, but I didn't really understand the importance of your dog having that or your pet having that um, that purpose. And when we got Toby the job at the hospital, the transformation in him was almost instant. And I don't know how he did this, but he knew how to tell time because on Tuesday he started getting excited that Wednesday was the next day to come. And at about noon on Wednesday, which was about half an hour before we would leave, he would start pacing, bringing all his toys to me, waiting by the door to get, we had a special knapsack that accompanied him and I to the hospital. And so he just seemed to know Wednesdays were his day. Yeah. And it wasn't any change in your routine to let him know. Nothing. And that was what was so interesting. I would be working at my computer, either writing stories or preparing for presentations and just going about my day. Yet he seemed to know that it was Wednesday and he went about changing the routines for me. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm glad you said that. I mean, that's another confirmation uh, that what I talk about all the time, because they do know, they know what time it is. They know what day it is. And I always said, for instance, with our dog, Saturday is the day because that's the time we go run errands. That's the time we spend a little bit more time at the park and do different things. But our set routine is no different. We still get up at the same time. We still eat the same breakfast. Everything is the same. So there's really nothing logical that you could say, okay, well, you know, it's Saturday, you're sleeping in later. That's how he knows. And that's not the case whatsoever. Yeah, that was exactly what we saw with Toby. And after his book came out, his job expanded. He, he, sort of um, went from being a therapy dog, which he did every Wednesday, and then we started visiting schools and group homes and, and children's programs, and he was on tour with me and absolutely liked it. So his purpose got bigger, and the bigger his purpose got, the better his behavior became, and you know, he was just touching lives around the world. So he definitely stepped into not only his purpose and personality, but uh, definitely could thrive because he was doing the thing that he needed to be doing. Absolutely. That's fantastic. (laughs) I love it. The book on Toby's terms, that's been optioned for a movie, correct? Can you provide us an update on that? (laughs) So who knew? We adopt a dog just to make our family complete. And who knew that a couple of years later there would be plans in the works for a movie on the book. So the book became a bestseller and it was optioned to become a movie before it even hit the bookstores. A production company, Impact Motion Pictures out of California, just fell in love with Toby's story and the way that he was touching lives. And they said they wanted to bring it to film. So they've got the 
screenplay is done and they've started to put together the team of people that will make the movie become a reality. So that has been incredibly exciting. Wow, that's fantastic. So I want to ask you then about Toby in general. Obviously, he's, he's touched your life in bringing you fun, love, excitement. I'm sure there's a few uh, less hairs in your head from pulling things out, <laughs> a little less money in the bank account, those type of things. But what has it really taught you in general? I mean, I would assume there's been some insightful things that you've looked back on this whole thing and, and think there's a purpose for you. There's a reason all this happened. Give me insight on that. Oh, huge insights, and I'm so glad you asked that question. Toby really became a teacher for me. That was his other purpose in life, was to come into my life and shake it upside down and, and help me become a better person. And he became a teacher for me on patience. I was one of these people who really liked to have things happen quickly. And Toby's behavior didn't change. I mean, it changed once we got in the therapy job, but I had to do a lot of work with him. And so he taught me how to be patient. He taught me not to become a perfectionist, which was probably the best lesson. And the funny part was the more that I tried to work with Toby to just have his behavior be perfect, the more he resisted. And so when I kind of let go of that notion of the perfect dog, I realized that uh, I could let go of the notion that I didn't have to be perfect either. And that's when my life really opened up. So he was an incredible teacher. And I think the biggest gift that I saw him give to others was the power of unconditional love and kindness, just how that can change relationships, environments, and, and people's lives. Absolutely. So good lessons uh, Toby's taught everybody, that's for sure. All right, well, we're going to uh, take a quick commercial break, but then I want to come back with uh, Charmaine Hammond, talk to her a little bit more about the book, but uh, talk to her about her other book, Toby and His Hospital Friends, the youth book, and we'll get into a little bit more about the writing process in general. So everybody hang tight. We'll continue our conversation with Charmaine Hammond after these messages. Uh, you're listening to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Every pet is unique. Maybe they're gray in the muzzle, yet young at heart. Maybe they're growing out of the puppy stage and into their paws and ears. Or maybe they're just trying to maintain a more girlish figure. At PetSmart, we have the right food for your pet at a great value for you. PetSmart. Be better together. Go to PetSmartDeal.com and save up to 30% on awesome gifts for the pets and pet people in your life. Toys, collars, leashes, PetSmart gift cards, treats, and more. Go to PetSmartDeal.com today. P-E-T-S-M-A-R-T-D-E-A-L.com. I'm not much of a reader, but I do wish I were more well-read. There are so many great books coming out. I wish I could find a way to keep up. Audible.com makes it easy to stay well-informed and catch up on your reading simply by listening. Audiobooks from Audible turn downtime into uptime. You'll be more productive and become well-read. Now I'm able to catch up on all the great books I've been wanting to read. With Audible, I feel smarter. Pet Life Radio listeners, try audible.com now and get your first 30 days of Audible Listener Gold Membership plan free. And get a free audiobook 
Choose from over 100,000 titles. To get this great deal, go to audibledeals.com. That's audibledeals.com. When you're looking to add a pet into your life, consider adopting a homeless animal from your local shelter or rescue group. Whether you want a kitten, puppy, or a more mature pet, a purebred or a one-of-a-kind mixed breed, even a rabbit or hamster, your shelter has the best selection of animals anywhere, all screened for good health and behavior. PetLifeRadio.com presents Take Me Home with your host, Susan Daffron. Join us each week as we showcase wonderful pets, tell stories, and even throw some pet education into the mix. So get ready to find out why the pet adoption option can be a great way to add a furry companion into your life. Take me home every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On PetLife Radio. PetLife Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back. Welcome back to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. This is your host, Tim Link, and I'm here with author Charmaine Hammond, talking to her about her book on Toby's terms. And Charmaine, you also wrote a children's book called Toby and His Hospital Friends. Can you tell us a little bit about that book? That one came by popular request from all these wonderful little children that Toby and I were meeting in schools when we were touring with the On Toby's Terms book. And all the little children were saying, we need a book that has got pictures in it of Toby. So we wrote about Toby's hospital experience, and the stories that are in the children's book are actually some of the characters that, um, some of the people that Toby met in his life at the hospital, but we just created the characters to be children so that the readers could really relate to that. And the most precious part of the children's book for me is the fact that it's illustrated by my best friend, Roseanne Prevac, and we've been friends since we were five years old. So the children's book is really a whole book of love, and it really is built on friendship. Wow, that's fantastic. Then let me ask you about the writing process in general. I mean, um, how is it writing a children's book, youth book, how is that different than writing a memoir? Well, I'll be really honest with you. I thought when I uh, started to write the children's book, I thought, how hard can this be? It's just a little book. And I will tell you that in many ways, writing the children's book was a much more difficult process for me because you have such limited space, of course, to get to the nuts and bolts of the story. And initially, I found that I was actually writing an adult story, but just simplifying the language. And then, of course, that just didn't fly with little kids. So I went back to the drawing table, so to speak. And um, I actually wrote the book as if I were telling children the story. So I reflected on all the times that Toby and I had been in classrooms and schools together. And I kind of talked out loud the story as if I were presenting it to children and then wrote down what I said. And sometimes I recorded it with an audio recorder just as I worked at home. And and really, I told the story to Toby. So he was my captive audience in the writing process. And I think it's some very good points because when you look, you know, from an adult standpoint, you look at a children's book, think, okay, I've got to have great illustrations, of course, and I just got to have a simple plot. But I think with children, they catch you on everything. If the characters aren't right or if it's not in the right order or if it doesn't make sense, they call you on the carpet on it. Wouldn't you agree? (laughs) That is so true. I'm laughing to myself because I remember when we were just in the draft format 
of the book, and uh, we were just revising some of the illustrations, and one of the little girls, we tested it past some children, of course, for exactly the reason you're talking about, and we were talking about getting Toby ready to go to the hospital and pulling out his vest. And the next picture had a picture of Toby with him in the vest. But the little girl pointed out, I don't see the vest in the knapsack. So we had to either make sure that the knapsack was closed so it didn't allude to a vest being in there, or in fact what we did is we just kind of threw the knapsack open so that you could see something red inside. And I thought, wow, they are really, really carefully taking in this story to to catch little details. So we continued that with the rest of the book, making sure that we read it and, and we asked children to actually tell us what they thought the book was about based on the illustrations. The illustrations were so beautifully done for Roseanne that the children could follow the story just by the illustrations, which was really important to us. Yeah. So future editors starting early. Exactly. And I think with the children's book also, that would seem to be the, as I look at it, the challenge of not only keeping, make sure the story flows well and meets their high demands and high standards, but matching those illustrations up with the words. Did you find it was more of you wrote the words for the story and then the illustrations came after that, or was it a hand in hand type project? Yeah, the first time around, it was kind of a hand-in-hand type project, and and some of what I learned, which was really good because now I'm writing a second book for children, is I learned that it's really important to be able to show the story instead of telling the story. And so when Roseanne would create these beautiful illustrations based on what the story was saying, it actually allowed us to cut back the story because what she drew so powerfully said what the book was saying through words, that we didn't need as many words. So that's when I got really excited about the book, and I really saw the the power that a picture can, you know, a picture really can say a million words. Absolutely. That's fabulous. Well, where can uh, people find out more about the books on Toby's Terms and Toby and his hospital friends and all the wonderful things you have going on? Well, they can find out about On Toby's Terms or the children's book at Toby's website, which is ontobysterms.com, and Toby is spelled T-O-B-Y. Of course, the books are available on Amazon and Barnes and & Noble, and in Canada, they're available through chapters as well. Very good. So everybody, pick up a copy. Pick up a copy of both. I think you'll be very, very happy. I, the book's turned out fantastic, and uh, Toby, let's uh, say he's quite the character. We'll just put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. There you go. Well, Charmaine, thanks for coming on the show today. Continued uh, great success, and we'll look forward to speaking with you again uh, somewhere down the line. Thank you very much. It was great to be with you. I enjoyed the conversation. My pleasure. My pleasure. Well, we're coming to the end of the show today. Uh, well, thank everybody for uh, listening to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Thanks for our sponsors and producers for making this show possible. Now, to find out more about me, Tim Link, and other guests I've interviewed on the Animal Rights Show and the stories in my blog, you can go to PetLifeRadio.com and click on the Animal Rights icon. And there you can download all the episodes and uh, find out the latest of what's going on. While you're there, uh, be sure to check out all the other hosts and shows on Pet Life Radio, a whole plethora of fantastic shows. And that's PetLifeRadio.com. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, or ideas for this show, please email me. You can email me at Tim at PetLifeRadio.com. That's Tim at PetLifeRadio.com. And I will be glad to answer your questions, entertain your comments, and bring on the people you want to hear from most onto the show. So until next time, write a great story about the animals in your life. Share it in a blog, article, or in a book. And who knows? You may be the next guest on Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Have a great day. Let's Talk Pets. 
every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.